It's Tuesday, August the 10th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, trillion-dollar bills in the Senate and the Taliban's winning streak. First, the world in brief. America's Senate is expected to pass a bipartisan infrastructure package worth $1 trillion today. That will set the stage for the Democrats' $3.5 trillion budget blueprint unveiled yesterday, which they hope to pass along party lines through budget reconciliation. It would expand government-funded health care and higher education and offer some undocumented immigrants legal permanent status, among other provisions. The party's factions will quibble over the details in the coming weeks. The Taliban seized the city of Aibak, capital of Samangan province, after Afghan government forces reportedly withdrew to avoid casualties. It is the sixth provincial capital to fall to the militants in recent days. Meanwhile, government troops launched a counterattack against the Taliban in another provincial capital, Kunduz, and America urged its own citizens to leave the country immediately. The Pentagon announced plans to require all 1.3 million active service American troops to get vaccinated against COVID-19 by mid-September. Around 64% are already there. All are accustomed to mandatory vaccinations, but a waiver would be needed to give them a shot which has only emergency approval. Joe Biden plans to wait until the Food and Drug Administration has approved the Pfizer vaccine expected this month. More than 10,000 Russian and Chinese troops are taking part in their country's first joint exercises on Chinese soil. China's armed forces have participated in three similar drills in Russia since 2018. The People's Liberation Army says the exercise will deepen the, quote, traditional friendship between the two military forces. America and its allies fret about a Eurasia-spanning alliance. America and Britain announced more sanctions on Belarus exactly a year after Alexander Lukashenko, the country's president, stole an election. Like earlier penalties imposed by Western powers, they are designed to dissuade the autocrat from repressing his people. They will probably have as little effect. Ever the charmer, Mr Lukashenko told Britain to, quote, choke on the measures. Lee Jae-yong, Samsung's de facto leader, was paroled after serving almost two-thirds of a 30-month sentence for bribery. He had originally been sentenced to five years in 2017 in connection with a corruption scandal which brought down South Korea's then-president, Park Gwen-hye. Mr Lee was then freed after a year. The Supreme Court subsequently ordered a retrial, which returned him to prison eight months ago. He still faces other criminal charges. Biontech's earnings beat expectations in the quarter to the end of June. The German biotech firm recorded a net profit of 2.8 billion euros, 3.3 billion dollars, up from a small loss in the same period last year. Biontech also raised its sales forecasts on the strength of its COVID-19 vaccine, developed with Pfizer, of which it has produced 1 billion doses and has orders for another 2.2 billion this year. And fact of the day, 58,000, the number of Indians who die every year because of snake bites, according to the WHO. And now, here's today's agenda. Drone wars, killer robots at the UN. 
Over the past week, a group of government-appointed experts has convened at the United Nations to discuss the issue of lethal autonomous weapons, what their detractors call, quote, killer robots. This is the latest round of talks that has been running off and on for eight years to discuss potential rules governing autonomous weapons. So far, they agree on little more than the principle that humans must remain in control. Recent wars have seen increasing use of loitering munitions or kamikaze drones that can roam the battlefield for long periods and, in theory, if not yet in practice, choose their own target. Around 30 countries want a ban on, quote, fully autonomous weapons. But most big powers, including America and Russia, are skeptical that a legally binding pact would be desirable or workable. Some even argue that the killer robots have been unfairly maligned. Autonomy, quote, can make weapons more precise and accurate, America's delegation argued ahead of the meeting, and, quote, reduce the likelihood of harm to civilians and civilian objects. As the smoke clears, fires in the Mediterranean. Nearly two weeks since they broke out, some of the wildfires that have burned their way through Turkey's western and southern coastlines are still raging. The situation is no better across the Aegean, where fires in Greece have forced thousands of people to flee from coastal areas and islands. Over 2,000 have been evacuated by boat from Evia alone, Greece's second-largest island, which lies to the north of Athens. 22 countries have sent firefighters and equipment to help combat the blazes. The long-term climate forecast for the Mediterranean region is grim. According to a UN report released yesterday, even the most severe reductions in emissions will not prevent global warming of 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels by 2050. The increase in summer temperatures in the Mediterranean will be even higher than the world average, the report forecasts. Wildfires in Turkey and Greece hit the headlines now, but they may soon be the new normal. London Calling Britain relaxes SPAC rules. Today, Britain's financial regulator will loosen its listing rules in an attempt to draw more special-purpose acquisition companies, a controversial species of shell business better known as SPACs, to London. A SPAC is a way of taking a private firm public without going through a conventional initial public offering. A dealmaker raises money from investors to form a shell company, it lists on a stock exchange, then hunts for a real private company to buy. Such vehicles have raised over $110 billion in New York so far this year, but only $6 million in London. Britain's previous merger rules, which prevented investors from selling shares immediately after a target was identified, dampened interest. Those have now been relaxed. Nevertheless, other European financial centres, notably Amsterdam, still make it easier for dealmakers to pass the shareholder vote that cements a SPAC merger than London now will. Britain's SPAC rules may be changing too little, too late. Hard Landing, SoftBank and Chinese Tech After a wobble early in the pandemic, SoftBank bounced back, reporting a profit of almost 5 trillion yen, $47 billion last financial year, the biggest in history for any Japanese company. But attention will be on the tech investor's second quarter earnings published today for how much it has been squeezed by the Chinese government's crackdown on its tech sector. 
SoftBank's share price has slumped by around a third since its record-smashing results in May. Blame its investments in China. SoftBank's stake in Alibaba, an e-commerce giant, had been worth hundreds of billions of dollars, a number that was slashed when the firm was battered by Chinese regulators. The company's vision fund will probably produce strong returns from Chinese IPOs since results will only run until June, but Chinese ride-hailing app Didi Chu Xing, of which SoftBank's vision fund is the largest shareholder, has slumped, along with some smaller recent IPOs. SoftBank's ability to continue to make winning bets on Chinese tech is increasingly under question. The Power of the Heart – Batteryless Pacemakers Since their invention in the 1950s, cardiac pacemakers have extended many lives. But despite, or perhaps because of, that success, their design has barely evolved. As then, most of today's commercial pacemakers are basically batteries attached by leads to the heart tissue. Unfortunately, no battery lasts forever, and pacemakers must be replaced by surgery when the juice runs low. Operations are expensive and carry the risk of things going wrong. To bypass the scalpel, researchers at a conference last week run by the American Institute of Physics presented an idea for a batteryless pacemaker fueled by the heart's own energy. The improved design contains special layers that buckle with each heartbeat, harvesting kinetic energy. Enough energy, calculations suggest, to remove the need for the battery and leads altogether. They may work on paper, but are yet to be fully tested. If they pass muster in actual human bodies, the faulty tickers of the future could be self-powered. Summer Quiz Week 4 Ready for another round with our baristas in a summer quiz? For week four, we'll again serve up a daily question. On Thursday, your challenge will be to give all four answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Thursday to editor-espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Tuesday. Which American politician succeeded Lyndon Johnson as Senate Majority Leader in 1961? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Herbert Hoover, who was born on this day in 1874. Words without actions are the assassins of idealism. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.